So you've come here for the truth. Well, we've got the truth and nothing but the truth. Here are your hosts, Robert A. Bianchi and David J. Bruno. Welcome to WMTR Radio's Nothing But The Truth with Bob Bianchi and Dave Bruno every Saturday on the radio at 10.30. Dave, podcast dropping on Wednesdays. It's two lawyers talking about, of all things, not the law, but mindset. And Dave and myself just got done giving TEDx speeches. We were very proud of that. And we met an awesome group of people. Dave, let's get into our guest. Yeah, first one up, uh, one of the people that we met at the TEDx experience, Trent Clark. Trent is the founder of leadershipity.com, is a courage coach. Uh, he's dedicated to empowering people to reach their goals, peak performance, and attain their goals through measurable leadership and team development. One of the things that I was most impressed about with Trent is that he rocks World Series rings. Yes, he was a strength and conditioning coach for multiple Major League Baseball teams that won the World Series. And I got the opportunity to put one on my finger, Bob, when we were at that Willy Wonka. And wow, is that massive and exceptional? Man, Trent, it's great to have you on. And if you could just start off, just introduce yourself to our audience, please. Well, Dave and Bob, first of all, thanks for having me. So excited to be here. Always excited to talk mindset, right? I think it's so important for people that are in the game and in any game that they're playing, that they play it right. Uh, yep, longtime coach in professional baseball, 13 years in pro baseball, coach for the Tigers in Detroit, Indians in Cleveland, and the Angels in Los Angeles, coach with Famed coaches like Nick Saban, Mike Sosha, Joe Madden, Bud Black, and that was probably just influential guys in my life that uh, shaped other people's lives and helped me become a better coach. So, man, it's uh, it, it's all about expectation and mindset. So, you know, love to talk about nothing but the truth here, but men. <laughs> yeah. John, yeah, listen, we got so much to cover, but um, talk, talk to me a little bit about how, I mean, you do uh, performance empowering uh, to people to reach their goals, peak performance, um, measurable leadership and team development. Is that just generally speaking, or are you just doing that in the sports world? And specifically, what does that mean? Yeah, we are industry agnostic. We work with mostly organizations to try to make them be the best and most efficient. What I've seen, Bob, is that two big factors of leadership is that no one went to school for leadership and no one went to school for coaching. And now they're going to run these organizations and people lack the skills of leadership and coaching, which can be attained. And most, uh, I find, have a level of mindset for leadership, but they're finding out that there's a lot to that game. And it is a 24-7 venture now with all of our social media. And people have to factor that in. And so we help organizations really scale up. And most of our companies that we work with and organizations are looking to move fast, grow quickly, often are looking in those last four, two to four years of sales. And they're going to maximize their valuation of that business and then sell it off and sometimes retire or reinvest that money in other things. And so they're going very, very aggressively and they want the most premier team they can have. And, and what do you do? You provide a, a, a team, like if somebody were to sign up with you, exactly what process they go through. I'm sure obviously they fill out an application, you get information. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I bring them through. Um, usually they come to me on referral and if they want to work with us, we talk to them exactly how that looks like, which is usually a coaching guidance. Often we're coming alongside, uh, usually in some investment capacity to, to help gain and 
put some skin in the game and be involved in that sale if that's what they want to do. If they're just trying to level up that business and create like autonomy in a great execution and communication system, we bring the system and the software and we help them establish the team members to get it done. And usually their team in place is first is where we start. Oftentimes you find out we might not have the right team members in the right seats. And sometimes those team members have to change and we help them establish that and, and help grow the coaches. So everybody's learning at every level and, uh, and the organization just improves. And we see often two times, two X EBITDA in 24 months. No, Dave, I'm, before you ask a question, I'm noticing it for the people on the radio, you're going to have to watch the podcast because uh, Trent's right arm is a little, his biceps are a little bigger than his left. And that's because he keeps holding that ring up. That's like about, <laughs> it looks about 15 pounds. I told you, I told you, I had it on and I, I'm going to post it for it because <laughs> as you know, Trent, I've been posting some of my TEDx pictures lately. You were on the cover of yesterday's section two and uh, no, yeah, he's got the big ring with it. But you know what? It's interesting too, because Trent right now you're in organizational business development but let's take a couple steps back. I mean, how did you get into the major league baseball industry being a straight uh, strength and conditioning coach? How did that break in that direction for you? Yeah, so that really broke kind of in happenstance. I went to school to be a teacher. I studied exercise physiology. I was one of the few guys in professional baseball at 22 years old with a college degree. Most, most people sign pretty young. They're out of high school or out of junior college. If you go to even university, you can sign after your third year. So after a junior year, you usually haven't finished college. I had actually finished. Um, apparently, I wasn't that good. So they gave me that, you know, you'd make a good coach talk, which was a job transition that was going on at 23 years old. And so I became a coach and I wanted to study physiology. I'd already studied it. So I knew from training myself and having good mentors around me, I got into the game as a coach of training athletes up about what's about to happen and having been through a rotator cuff injury having played the game a lot of the coaches at that time were coming from football environments and i was this coach who actually had experienced baseball knew the game in and out and that was just a real advantage at that time sure when you get into major league baseball i mean you were probably relatively young right for the organizations what was it like coming in there as a as a young man, really being surrounded by some of the world's top athletes and some of the best coaches that you've already referenced in the interview? Yeah, I mean, tough, tough place to be, both great and tough. Um, great in the fact that at 25 years old, I was in my first World Series. So, you know, here I am, October 24th, 1995, extra inning games against the mighty Atlanta Braves, Cleveland Indians down 2 nothing. And here comes Eddie Murray to the plate. Like, here's a, like, veteran guy who's just built on, you know, discipline and preparedness and delivers the game-winning hit, you know, at nearly 40 years old, right? And it's just incredible to watch. And as I'm watching this all play out, it wasn't, you know, 13 years before we were running around our backyards going, bottom of the ninth, World Series, you know. And here we are on the 11th inning of Game 3, the guy delivers for the city of Cleveland their first World Series win since 1948. And the place is bonkers. And I look out and everybody's living their dream. This is what we were all dreaming about 13 years ago and mm. some some longer, right? And some just seven, eight years ago, 21, 22-year-old super phenom stars like Jim Tomey, who was still a young guy at that time. And 
And you're just looking at it going, man, Manny Ramirez, another like 22, 23 year old. So here I'm coaching some guys that are a little younger than me, but I'm also having to get the respect and gain that of 30, 35 year old, sometimes 10, 15 year veterans. So as a 25 year old, the only way I can get that is that I have experience and I know something you don't know. I know exactly how your body works and I know what's going to happen if you do X. Why will happen? And I became a trusted advisor, just like I am to organizations today. I become this trusted advisor of this is what's about to happen. I have started 14 companies now. I have built them. I have sold them. I was an early investor in 1-800-GOT-JUNK. I got involved with all sorts of different things from franchising to building and scaling sales organizations. And here I'm going to bring all my expertise and being around great guys like you, I mean, Dave and Bob, like, I just sponge and learn things. And the things I learned from guys like you, I get to bring back to all these clients. And so I become that trusted advisor in those settings. Wow, that's amazing. Now, you're with these exceptional athletes and you're with these exceptional coaches. Let's talk about the coaches. We're talking about leadership. We're talking about some of the best coaches in Major League history. What qualities did you see in those coaches that made them exceptional in their industry? Yeah, the first thing about an exceptional coach is that they are the best in the world because they know exactly what it takes. And even if they didn't deliver on that themselves as coaches, you know, a lot of flack to a guy like Joe Madden who didn't play 10 years in the major leagues. But here's Mike Sosha, who's our manager, who not only won a World Series as a player, but also now coached one. And, and so you get these different environments. But the coaches know exactly what it takes to be successful. The second thing is they can communicate that to their players that actually have a genuine care and well-being for their athletes with their only intent of seeing them be successful. And a lot of players don't always understand that coaches' intentions and players' intentions are well aligned. The more successful my players are, the more likely my job security is, right? Like yeah. because we're going to have good outcomes. So there's an alignment there. And I, and I often see a lot of conflict where coaches are like, players like, oh, the coach has got it out for me. Like, no, no, no. The coach wants you to be successful. The, the third thing that I think is absolutely cru cru crucial that I really saw set by a couple coaches that I played for, but where I saw it as a coach was Nick Saban. Setting expectations was so critical. Critical. He he set a standard and modeled a standard of excellence, and then and then he set those expectations for the team, and he set it right right at the moon. And you know, for a lot of guys, you were crawling and just kicking and scratching to get to the standard that he wanted. And oftentimes, athletes didn't make it to his standard. Uh, but they were still at the stars. They still had seven-year NFL careers. You know, like, he saw these things and was like, hey, if you set the expectation low, people bump up against that expectation. And rarely, mindset, rarely will they go over it. They'll just settle in at that, oh, this is what you want from me, right, Bob? Okay, then I won't keep pressing to go get better. But when Bob sets it up here, man, all I want to do is keep reaching for what Bob wants for me. And man, he set that standard of excellence and I'm going, going. And sometimes it's hard to reach, but listen, you may not reach the moon, but welcome to the stars. You're better than 
99.9% of the rest of the world, and that will get you a job all day long. Wow, I love that quote. I love that quote. That's a perfect way to break. go into the break. Uh, you're listening to WMTR Radio's Love of the Truth with Bob Bianchi, Dave Bruno. We'll be right back. Hello, parents and future leaders of the courtroom. We got a really, really exciting program that we're going to be reinitiating again. We've done it for a long time. It's our Careers in Law Workshop starting on March 20th of 2024. It's your gateway to mastering the legal realm. So excited about this, getting back into the classroom for the students interested in careers in law. High school students, college students, law school students, we're rolling out various different modules. We're gonna bring our experience in the courtroom for to teach about trial techniques. We're gonna bring other lawyers from different areas of law to educate the students about what careers are out there uh, for the students and networking. We're gonna open up some communities and groups so that the students can network with each other and also, we're going to be bringing in our friends and joining those groups as well. Yeah, prior to COVID, we had 12 participating colleges in a brick-and-mortar space, but we've learned to be able to expand this program. Many uh, students have graduated from multiple colleges. They've gotten their certificates. It's on their LinkedIn profiles, on their resumes. And we're really proud that a lot of those students, Dave, to this day, now call themselves Esquire. So I'm really, really excited to be able to offer this course virtually because you know I loved when we put it together and I love doing it. It's making such a difference and an impact. And so many of the students have said it was the critical difference. Yeah, five weeks over Zoom. So when we were in the classroom before, we're now able to use our resources and assets to offer this to everybody around the world. And we're sitting here in our studio for Nothing But The Truth podcast, which is gonna be used and we're gonna have the cameras and the microphones and we're really, really excited. So if you're a parent that has a child that may be interested in the law or you're a student interested in the law, the registration is open for the spring course and that's at IWantToBeALawyer.Law. Hope to see you there. Okay, we're back. This is WMTR Radio's Love by the Truth. Bob Young, Dave Bruno. Trent, um, amazing insights. Uh, I, I, I was listening to you and trying to analogize it to my career in leadership, and in particular, when I was the county prosecutor. So I was the chief law enforcement officer of the county, 44 police agencies, and a whole staff of folks. Um, I'm curious about the, I think mindset is what it is, and it's going to translate whether you're an athlete, whether you're in a prosecutor's office, whether you're in a business. And what I'd like to talk to you a little bit about is something that always confounded me, and tell me if it translates in, in your mind, the super talented individual, super capable, talents beyond the ordinary individual that's uh, very high functioning to begin with, individuals in that group, yet their mentality is one of brittleness and um, how come me and don't people recognize me and they're kind of like not team players and they sabotage in a certain sense their leadership uh, movement. Does that make any sense to you what I'm saying? I have seen it so much, Bob, that when people ask me who's the best player you've ever coached in your life, I'm like, oh, you don't know them. Because the fact of the matter is, is I've made and helped people become famous all over the world. But the people that have all the talent in the world, but don't understand uh, their, their self, they don't have that self-awareness. They don't have the mentality to compete. They don't have that 
perseverance, that grit that's actually required. So as I watched my young, you know, my five children, my son was a junior's hockey player. And as he was going through tryouts, I had to remind him, hey, there's going to be 10 players on the ice and two goalies. They're going to watch the nine players without the puck. Because at the highest levels and the best in the world, everyone has the skill sets. Like the skill sets are very high. What they're watching for is how do you carry yourself? How do you compete? What do you do without the puck? Do you have self-discipline? Are you going to be there ready to play? How do you look? How do you carry yourself away from the ice or away from your field? There's all these things going across. Are you physically, mentally, and morally prepared? All these things we were gauging, and we set a standard for that with the Cleveland Indians, probably why they were the organization of the year three years in a row, because we were bringing young athletes in, placing them into this system of eight things that we were measuring, all of which had very little to do with how hard do you hit the ball? How fast do you run? How hard can you throw it? Because we had hundreds of thousands of kids that could do all those things you could choose from. What we needed was the one or 2% that could actually do it day in and do out and day out and manage themselves. They actually knew exactly what it takes. Coachability, Bob, is probably the number one thing that I'm looking for as a coach. And as a player, I need self-discipline. If they don't have those two things, I likely don't need them on my team. Trent, let me just follow up there real quick. Are you finding as time goes on, at least I am, that there's less coachability? I love that phrase. There's more of a, you can't tell me or who are you to... Um, so when Dave and myself, for example, when we hire, we, we to your point, we're really not even looking at skill set so much in the beginning as we are coachability or mentorship. Yeah. I mean, I think we're losing that, right, in our schools because that coachability started at a young age with accountability, right? And so you you guys, I mean, lawyers, you, you've come through and gone through a massive amount of education and the discipline that's required to not only get nearly, what, eight years of schooling almost, plus a bar exam. There are standards that are set that only a few can actually meet. And if I said, hey, Bob, Dave, listen, come on in and bring your bring your schoolwork. Uh, whenever you guys want to finish it, uh, that's fine by us. No, no. There are standards that have to be met, and they have to be met within a deadline. And so this puts a lot of time pressure on time management. And teachers are accountability partners, but you learn coachability from teachers. Can I take the information that you know and, and bring it into myself, process that information, and then bring it to other people? What I like to say, Bob, is I'll know you know it when you can teach somebody else. Mm, then wow. I'll know you know it because coachability is a big deal, and it's probably one of the biggest itties I see. And if we miss this button on accountability – we're going we're gonna to run into a lot of challenges. And it, and it, you, like you said about that athlete, right? They're typically, the signs are very quick, right? I love the quote, winners when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win. Winners find a way. What do losers do? Losers make excuses. They blame others. They quit or they ignore that data. And losers are often associated with me, me, I, I people. Oh, you know, what about me? What about what I'm getting? How about, how about this? Like, 
you are looking at a couple of things that trigger words, right? You're looking for blame. You're looking for quit. You're looking for excuse. You're looking for me, me, I, I, selfishness. These are not coachable people. Get them out of your organization as quickly. And I would work with them first. I'm giving you the opportunity to let them be aware of it. And if you can actually adapt and make some changes, which people can do, and I've seen it, um, but you've got to do that first in order to be a part of our team and our organization because these are the people, if they will not change and adapt, adaptability, another big one, right? If they are unwilling to adapt to that, they have no value in, in your organization and probably uh, discretionary or descriptive bad value for your organization, literally taking down the value of you and your Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Coach Trent is spitting fire right here. You guys could see why he's on the TEDx stage. I mean, what a tremendous experience we had being out there. And we're all waiting for the videos to come out. I know your your crew is waiting. Our crew is waiting. But while we wait until those videos pop on TED, on the TED platform, tell us a little bit about the theme of what you brought to that stage. Yeah, the, the theme was really based on, you know, think about that Eddie Murray, you know, a, a longtime veteran guy, discipline and preparedness. You know, one of the things I really noticed, gentlemen, about the best in the world is the most accomplished had one trait, and that was discipline. They really got that, and they really understood the pain exchange. The pain exchange is nothing more than the two pains in life. And that is that there is a pain acquired through discipline, and that is an acute pain at short term. And there's a pain that you actually experience through regret because it's a chronic pain. So if you and I and we all go say tomorrow, we're going to go to the gym, work hard, going to do a new workout for all of us. Next day, hey, we're sore, acute soreness. In a couple of days, we're fine. We've hiked mountains. We've done all sorts of stuff together. So like – that's an acute soreness, short-term pain for long-term gain. And we understand that short-term sacrifice. The best in the world get this. The best athletes, the best advisors, the best entrepreneurs, the best attorneys, the best in their field get the fact that I am willing and understand that there are going to be two pains. And I will take this pain of discipline right now. It is an acute pain, but I am going to reap. And so for that long-term gain that is going to be forthright because of my effort. That chronic pain of regret because I didn't have the discipline in the moment. And and at, at maybe our age, Bob, I don't know about Dave, but like at our age, Bob, like there's not a person I know who doesn't understand chronic pain of regret. There are times in our life that we'd like to go back and go, man, if I could have a do-over on that, because I can think of things 30 years ago that still hurt in my heart of regret that I treated someone poorly, not who I wanted to be. And I lost friendships. I lost relationships that were really good relationships in my life, all because of a moment because I didn't have the discipline to do the right thing in that moment, either laziness or just unaware. And so the best in the world really get that and they understand that pain exchange. You know, it's, it's so funny because my, my TED talk, um, and maybe it does come with age, is what I've referred to as a, a deathbed confessions by a prosecutor and EMT. But essentially what it was, was that if we start thinking about our deathbed confession or the summation of our life uh, more in the present moment, 
and what we want to be saying about what our life meant and how we lived our life and then back our way into making those things come true. You won't have regret that that's exactly like the thing every day, uh, Trent, when I used to be a young 17 year old transporting people that had so many regrets when I was in that ambulance. And I remember saying to myself, God, I never want to live my life at the end where I feel like I didn't make a difference, that I wish I had done that. And I was afraid it was a very profound impact on me. And now I look at it as an older man saying, I don't want to be the guy on the stretcher in the ambulance talking to a now 17-year-old and saying those same things. It all comes down to regret. I really agree with that. And you guys as prosecutors, having to see people that made mistakes not bad people, good mm. people uh, making bad choices, right? Yeah, and yeah. and the fact of the matter is, is when I think about a lot of people who have like seven or eight, you know, experiences in their lives driving under the influence or hurting someone in a bad situation that's typically related to an alcohol or drugs, they're trying to drown a chronic pain and they're putting self into self-medication in that, which is blurring their judgment. And if they had to go back and change those eight moments and they took that drug or they took that alcohol out of that situation and they weren't fighting that chronic pain of regret and trying to drown that out, if just for a few hours of their lives, it would be a different story. And they could have changed that story for the rest of their lives, for their children, for their spouses, for their families. The, the, the tentacles of that regret are so deep, I can't fathom it. Um, Coach Trent, we have a course coming up. I want to be a lawyer.law. And we're putting this on five week program over Zoom for students, high school students, law school students, college students interested in careers in law. And the registration's open. I, I want you to talk to, to that group. They want to be lawyers. Why is it so important to step out and do this, this self development and self education that's available now post Zoom? Well, first of all, for a young person who wants to be a lawyer, I don't think there's two men that you could learn from that would be better than these two. So I think that's a perfect start. Here's the thing for me about education and experience. Once you have it, no one can take it away from you. Mm -hmm. Getting involved in a program like this is going to set yourself in a very clear mindset for what has to happen going forward. You know, all of a sudden, most people have an idea like, I want to be a lawyer. And that thing is a yard wide about how do I actually do it? They don't know. And now all of a sudden they take a course and you're going to move those hands in to a much narrower path, not the final path. It's not going to be this narrow. I am out of law school. I have now found my niche in corporate law or prosecution or name your field. This is narrowing it from here to here. And why wouldn't I want to gain that experience and find out about me, find out about my style, find out about how I'm going to make the greatest impact. I say, get down there and get that class. <laughs> All right. Well, wow. wait a minute. I got to make sure I, I pre or end this with, uh, that is exactly what, why this course is so important. And just so our audience knows, we did not ask Trent about this beforehand because his answer is very similar to what you're going to see on our videos, but we agree completely. It's a, it's a great opportunity. We appreciate those words, Trent. Thank you. 
Yeah, Trent is bringing the heat. What an excellent interview, and we look forward to seeing you. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we like to have you uh, speak to our students. I'm just saying, you never know. I would, I would welcome Coach Trent to our students. I mean, just, just the the experience that you've had with the teams and the coaches and the top athletes in the world, Trent. You're always welcome on any one of our stages. Yeah, yeah, and certainly on the show, Trent. Thank you. Okay, well, that's WMTR Radio's at the book, The Truth. Uh, wish we had more time. Maybe we'll come back again uh, every Saturday, 10 30. Dave, when can they find, where can they find the podcast? Nothing but the truth podcast.com. New website coming out. We're taking video, we're putting it on the podcast platforms as well. That's the place, nothing but the truth podcast.com, where you can see this interview and many, many more. Coach Trent, it's been a pleasure. Can't wait to see that TEDx uh, speech that you, that you gave. Thanks for having me, guys. We're the Bianchi Law Group, a team of former prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys. But here's the thing. He put himself in a box when he said... Relied on by CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, Law and Crime, and news leaders across the country for our criminal defense expertise. In a search warrant, you have to have probable cause that a crime's been committed and there's evidence in a particular place. When you need a law firm with courage, compassion, and the commitment to fight for you, Call the Bianchi Law Group today.